there's a column for that A1, A2, B5, B6, A, B9. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We know those are cells. Hi. Thanks so much for joining us for our third episode of There's a Column for That. I'm your host, author, storyteller, and podcaster, Jamie Beth Cohen, and I'm not in a good mood this week. I don't know many people who are. But listening back to this conversation I had a month ago with Emily and Adam Hosey, a married couple here in Lancaster, brought several smiles to my face. I hope it will bring you some smiles too. Adam is an anti-oppression and abolitionist educator, and Emily works in advertising and marketing. It was the first interview I did with a couple, and we frequently flirted with what I call marriage counseling territory, but all in good fun. At one point, Emily learned something about Adam she didn't know before. So the lesson there is, you should probably talk to anyone you're planning to spend your life with about their views on spreadsheets before you commit. Also, Emily is the first person I've interviewed who I didn't have a prior relationship with, and now I consider her a spreadsheet soulmate. High praise from sad October Jamie. Also stay tuned to the end of the conversation to see what show I encourage them to watch with the ringing endorsement, It's horrible, but I recommend it. This chat was recorded on September 3rd, and we're releasing it on October 10th. Please remember to wear your mask, Black Lives Still Matter, and it's 24 days until Election Day. Hi, Adam and Emily. Welcome to There's a Column for That. Can you tell me a little bit about yourselves? where you're from, where you live, how you identify, what line of work you're in, do you have hobbies or passions that take up a lot of your brain space? You can answer any or all of the above. Sure, uh, my name's Adam Hosey. Um, I'm a Korean adoptee. I'm an abolitionist teacher in Harrisburg School District, um, and I plan and facilitate anti-oppression trainings uh, in the Lancaster Central PA area. And I'm Emily Hosey, uh, married to Adam. So I'm a senior account manager at Godfrey Advertising, so lots of business work, um, and right now we have two kids, so that takes up a lot of our time, so not a whole lot of spare time, uh, but good family time at home. Yeah, hobbies, what are that? (laughs) (laughs) Great, well, uh, could you each tell me a little bit about how you interact with spreadsheets in your work and or your life? My answer is probably a lot shorter for that. Mostly for me, it's just very organizational. Um, so everything, anything that could be a list of more than like three or four things is probably in a spreadsheet. Yeah, that's definitely like embedded into what Emily does. And she's taught me everything I know about spreadsheets. <laughs> really? It was kind of like, it felt like a prenup when we got married hmm. that I had to learn. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I love that. I should have thought of that myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so as Adam said, I. I do a lot of work in Excel for my job. So things like status sheets, budgets, um, documenting client work there, but I really use it a lot in home life too. So anything that can be a list or is a list should get dropped into Excel so that you can sort it and organize it. Anytime we're looking for new doctors or new daycares or um, working on home updates, it all gets put into a spreadsheet. That way you can put the costs in there, um, format everything correctly. So big fan of spreadsheets. 
Great. Uh, can you tell me uh, your biggest or favorite problem, project, or program that you've tackled with a spreadsheet? Embarrassingly enough, one of my bigger ones every year um, are my fantasy football drafts. That so. is not embarrassing at all. That is a whole <laughs> segment of our audience. So yeah. please, please discuss away. So I'm not going to give too many of my secrets away, but um, you know, I do standard deviations. I do like average draft position compared to like where I want to put people um, with differentiation there and like all kinds of different things. Um, and I never win the league anyway. So, <laughs> so for me, a lot of it is just because it's fun to tinker around. But on the more serious end, like the largest spreadsheet I use every year is with my students. Um, we look at mortgage lending data uh, from, for the entire nation. Um, so we do a whole lesson with them where I teach them how to like sort and filter and get rid of like data and rows that they don't need because a lot of them have never used a spreadsheet before. Um, and it's basically all the mortgage data for the entire country and they need to narrow it down uh, to ha the Harrisburg city. Um, so that's the largest spreadsheet that I work with uh, every semester. And Adam, what class is that? Well, that's my black history class. So they're looking at disparities in uh, mortgage lending uh, by race. So it's a humanities class in which you make use of spreadsheets. I just yep. want to clarify for anyone listening how cool that is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, so I'd say as far as the biggest kind of project is probably when I planned our wedding. We had a lot of different tabs and sheets listing pretty much everything. We did all of the planning ourselves, everything from the guest list and sorting people on the A list or the B list um, with their addresses to the schedule for the day and order of events, who was needed for everything. So that's probably the most substantial but I probably also just don't go a single day through work without being in some sort of spreadsheet um, just because of the nature of my, my business. So that's, that's probably the biggest thing. And I was not allowed to touch the wedding spreadsheet because we have very different styles <laughs> in formatting. Yes. Like I like my styles and she likes her, her styles. So when we have to collaborate on a spreadsheet, it, it doesn't always go great. It goes okay. I would not say it's great. <laughs> yeah. So can you, I'd love to hear you expand a little bit on that and sort of a spreadsheet that you have had to collaborate on and maybe a little bit more about each of your styles because I'm so curious. Well, I think first is that I like sheets and she likes Excel. So that's mm -hmm. a big problem. Huge, huge problem. <laughs> can yeah. you, have you made your cases to each other? For me, it's about the cloud. Uh, it's much easier to access on my phone. It's smoother. It's quicker. The interface for what I need to do is a little more intuitive. I can't do everything I want to do, um, but I usually am not doing many advanced things uh, with my spreadsheeting. Um, so that that is my case for that. And Sheets is good for like the simple down and dirty basic list sort of functions, but if you really need to do anything serious, if you're trying to sort or actually edit data and work through that, you, you need the real deal. You need Excel on a desktop, and that's how you're going to really be able to sort that. So, yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to resolve that one. <laughs> <laughs> so can you talk to me a little bit about a, sheet you, or a, a spreadsheet? 
Google Sheets or Excel that you do or have collaborated on and how your styles have bumped up against each other? You have one? I have one in mind. Go ahead. Yeah, just our home project stuff. We are often um, working on it together, not at the same time. So I'll go in and I'll do like, uh, like our basement that we're sitting in. I'll go in and do like the lines of the materials and things like that on my own. And then the next time I look at it, I will find that columns are in different places, different colors. There's like, you like your number format, very specific mm -hmm. where I, yeah. I like consistency. Oh so. yeah. No, she likes, <laughs> she likes the, where it's the whole number and you don't see the decimal. Mm -hmm. And I like seeing the decimal. Yeah. So that drives me a little crazy. I do. I like to round that off and, you know, either use accounting or currency formatting. Not, not some of both trickled in there. Um, pick one, use that throughout <laughs> the whole spreadsheet. And yeah, I think things like totals or sums, um, I like to make those bold or somehow stick out compared to everything else. You kind of have a throw it all in there approach. So we'll have data on the left side and then you have like another sort of like chart going on the right. So you can't actually insert rows and it gets a little, gets a little messy in there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, thank you so much for sharing. I'm glad we didn't get quite to like marriage counseling level, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that these are things both within families and within offices that can, can become mm -hmm. frustrating and fester. Oh, yeah. I also want to go back to the, the wedding. So um, I have been accused, so as a person, I tend to compartmentalize a lot and I get really excited about spreadsheets. And the result of that is I have been known when someone tells me they are expecting a child or getting married to forget to say congratulations and instead say, would you like my spreadsheet? And to me, that's the nicest thing I can say to a person, but to them, they don't, sometimes don't get it. So we had three wedding ceremonies and some people were invited to three and some people were invited to two and some people were invited to one. And so that spreadsheet was like, I lived and breathed that spreadsheet for the length of time it took us to plan that wedding. And that wasn't the only spreadsheet, but that was the one that consumed because it was sort of like, they each had separate invitations, but you didn't want to send one without sending the other because then someone would think they were only invited to one if they were invited to three. They were in two different states, three different cities on three different dates. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought up the wedding spreadsheet because that is one of my, and then the things you might need with an infant or things to take to the hospital. I love sharing that sort of spreadsheet gospel. So thank you for mentioning I'm, that. I'm wondering how many people we've insulted by saying, here's a spreadsheet instead of congratulations, because we've definitely done that with weddings. And it's like, oh, well, we have a wedding planning spreadsheet that you can have. It's the nicest thing you can say to someone. I don't yeah. understand, but they do get insulted. So you just referred to the big like wedding taboo, which is the A-list and the B-list. <laughs> yeah. As it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, I hope, I hope no one hears that. 
<laughs> Everyone who's ever planned a wedding knows that, but no one likes to talk about it. Great. Well, what about some limitations of spreadsheets? What kind of problems can they not fix or what projects have they not helped you take on? I think a big thing is that it is data. So it's content. It is not necessarily pretty. So people like me, I do happen to think that spreadsheets are beautiful and that they can be visually appealing, but they're not designed. So that's kind of the limit for me uh, because I am in the marketing industry. I appreciate things that have that special look and spreadsheets are not that. But otherwise, I think you can put just about anything into a spreadsheet. That's a challenge I would take on and, and figure out how to put anything in there. I feel like I wish I could do more with like conditional formatting. I feel like most of my questions for her are about conditional formatting. And most of the answers are that I just inputted the data wrong. So that's uh, not really a spreadsheet problem. That might be a user error situation. I, I, think, I think it is. Well, yeah. Or the, the takeaway there is that you do have to put good, consistent data in so that you can use a lot of the functionality. So that, that would be another limit. Right. And I definitely heard people say, especially with Excel, I will, I will acknowledge that Google Sheets is a little bit more pared down, but with Excel, there's so much you don't know that a limitation may not actually be a limitation. It might be your knowledge level, but because like I can do a lot with spreadsheets, but I'm sure there are things that I would like to be able to do that I can't do that I don't even realize the program can do because I think I've maxed out my knowledge in that area. So for example, I mean, I'm thinking back 10 years ago when I didn't know that conditional formatting existed and maybe I hand coded lines gray, gray and white, gray and white, gray and white, right? And so, yep. and then someone showed me, well, the, here are these settings and you can conditionally format. So it felt like a limitation of the spreadsheet, but it was actually a limitation of my knowledge base, even though I felt like I had a robust understanding. So basically since then, I've come to accept that I don't have a robust understanding and a very few people do, though often they are very good at what they know how to do. That is very fair. Um, and when Adam said that we were going to be doing the podcast, I said, oh, but I'm not an expert. I, I'm not good. And he's like, yes, you are. So I think it's um, that feeling that there's so much out there that the program can do that I'm not aware of, um, but it's something that you can always continue learning. So that's another thing I love about it. Um, anything you want to do and think, oh, I wish I could do this, just Google it because you probably can. Great. All right, we're going to get into a little rapid fire, although we've touched on this a little bit. So Excel, Google Sheets, or something else, and then on top of that, Mac, PC, tablet, sort of what are your preferences and how do you interact? For my everyday, it would be Sheets on probably maybe even my phone, because that's probably why I like Sheets the most, because I can do it on my phone and access it on my phone. I wish everyone yeah. could see Emily's face right now. <laughs> I don't I think she knew that about me. <laughs> this changes things. <laughs> you know, that's why I'm always like staring at my phone with my pointer finger. It's, and It's so difficult to actually edit sheets on your phone. And I, it drives me crazy. So it's funny that that's your favorite thing. It's better than Excel on the phone, though. Sure. We're we hitting that marriage counseling. <laughs> we're, we're hitting the marriage counseling moment. 
Uh, I'm definitely a PC guy though. Uh, so I'd say Excel on a PC maximizes what you can do. Yep. Fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, favorite command or function in whatever program you're working in? My go-to is Format Painter. So that's across all Microsoft Suite, but any you know formatting that you have, you click the button and you can apply it anywhere else. So you don't have to worry about font size or style. Um, it, it does it for you and it's so easy. So that is my go-to. Emily, I remember the moment someone taught me that function. Yes. I can tell you what job, who it was, where I was standing. <laughs> I, like, yeah, we're, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. um, All right, Adam, go ahead. Uh, for me, it's like the surveying integration. So whether it's, I just started making surveys in Excel um, and I've always liked Google Forms, so that. And one thing I just realized like a few weeks ago is that in Excel, and maybe I will move more to the Excel side, you can sort and filter data and save the view for yourself. What What is that called? I don't, I don't know the exact name for it, but. Being isn't that filter, filter view? Yeah, so being able to save those filters was very cool um, because I'm often collaborating with colleagues and things like that. So there are ways that I want to look at the data, um, but it's not going to be for everyone since my colleagues don't really know how to use spreadsheets anyway. So I have to like kind of reset the views for them. How do you feel about color coding cells or typeface or that kind of formatting situation? I think it's really helpful um, as long as you don't overdo it. So I'm a big fan. If you're looking at things that are over budget or under budget, by all means, use conditional formatting. It simplifies your life. But once you get a bunch of colors in a spreadsheet to the point where it's no longer helpful, um, yeah, just don't overdo it. Otherwise, it's a great tool. Yeah, I like grays. And that's about it. Grays and whites is basically what I use. What is one thing about spreadsheets that you think other people might not know? I think people should know that it can be much more of a calculator than they think. And it's, it's a lot easier to use than people think. You know, it can be overwhelming seeing all those cells and all the tiny little boxes and all those like buttons at the top of the screen. Um, but it, it is a pretty low barrier of entry to just be able to do some very simple things that are going to make your life so much easier. I agree. I think there's a real divide between people who use it more for words versus more for numbers. Mm. And I've been, it's been interesting talking to people who, again, know everything they can do with a budgeting spreadsheet, for example, but talk to them about mail merges and they're like, what? what is that? So it's, it's, there is a divide between those word people and those number people. I happen to be a word person. However, I do use it as a calculator. I mean, I do, I really, you know, put numbers in and use really basic formulas and I appreciate that part of it. Uh, I don't do those things in a pretty way. My words tend to be far more pretty in spreadsheets than my numbers. Do you have feelings about CRMs and spreadsheets? Do you know what a CRM is? And So I know what it is. I don't think a spreadsheet is a good answer. So I think if you're trying to deal with um, like customer data, um, unless you have only a small handful of customers, you really need a system that is designed to do that. 
spreadsheets are good for a lot of other things, but, and maybe, I don't know, I'm saying that and now I'm realizing maybe I just don't know how to do it well. So <laughs> that could be true too, but I would say spreadsheets may not be the best answer for a CRM. So my feeling is, and it's interesting because Emily, you work in the for-profit sector and most of the people I've spoken to so far work in education and the nonprofit sector. I have a problem with CRMs and my problem is the ones that the organizations I work for typically can afford have horrible reporting functions. So mm -hmm. there is a CRM that the institution uses but if I need something, rather than writing a report in the system, which in theory I should be doing and should be able to do, I am, I am one who dumps all of the data I think I might need into a spreadsheet, and then I manipulate that spreadsheet so that I can see it as it's happening, as opposed to putting in a bunch of parameters and getting 60 results and not knowing what results I might be missing. So like if I want to send postcards to a certain zip code and I put that in and I pull, pull out the data and it's giving me 60, but if I would have added two other zip codes, it would have given me 150 and I want to know the difference between those two things. Like, does it make sense to go for the extra postcards? Then I'm going to dump the whole region into a spreadsheet and I'm going to experiment with give me only zip, this zip code and sort by zip code and see visually. So I don't trust the reporting functions of the CRMs I've been using. However, I know there are more expensive CRMs that I probably would trust more, but that's not the world I work in. So as someone who's in a for-profit position, I'm guessing your company probably invests well in CRMs. Um, yeah, I would say reporting is just a tough area in general. And I don't know if anyone would say that there is a perfect or good enough solution. Um, I think people are always critical of reporting and have different ways that they want to see the data. So based on that, yeah, it's, it's complex. And thank goodness we do have Excel and spreadsheets and ways to kind of deal with that data however we think is best. So even though that's more time consuming, at least that's an option. How about pivot tables? Do you know how and why to make a pivot table? I do, you know, I used to use them a lot um, in a previous job. So I would use them all the time. I knew how to do it really well. I have to admit I'm kind of rusty now. Um, so I would probably have to do a little bit of messing around, figuring out to get the pivot table to do what I wanted, but it's a great tool and just like we said before, I remember when someone showed me what a pivot table was and how to use it and my mind was blown because it opens up so many more opportunities to look at data and yeah, so great tool. Yeah, I'm learning because um, a lot of the data I've been collecting recently in my anti-oppression work is looking at responses broken down by race, gender, and sexuality. So I'm doing simple things that are trying to be a lot more efficient in trying to figure out, well, that response, how did the men respond? How did the non-binary people respond? How did the women respond? It's a lot easier to use a pivot table than to do all that manually. So that is something I'm currently learning and hopefully become more efficient at, which means you need to learn more 
so you can teach me. Sounds good. <laughs> you can uh, check out our archives and our webpage to, for three great pivot table tutorials. Any other spreadsheet related content you want to discuss before we move on to some other fun stuff? One important thing you said that I'll mention again is that you can do a lot with numbers and you can also do a lot with words. So thinking about words like the concatenate function. So you can do crazy things in there like joining text from two different cells or splitting it out or taking just the first couple letters from a cell. Um, so that's really cool too that you can kind of do things with words or numbers all in one system um, with limitless opportunities. I had a very strange job interview once in which it was like a consulting gig to help a nonprofit sort of get a little bit more formalized. And the woman in charge, all she wanted to know was, did I know text to column? And I was like, I do know text to column, but this is a huge red flag that this is the thing you're most concerned about. I now know why the nonprofit is in the situation that it's in, but the answer is yes. And I did take that position and I did not last long. Um, but I remember thinking that was the, as someone who loves Excel, who loves spreadsheets and who uses them for words, I, I was thrilled to answer that question and also well aware that that was a huge red flag. It came up like four times in a 30 minute interview. Adam, anything you want to add about spreadsheets? I like I like borders, and I feel like I might be a, in in a minority there because I I don't see them often. But I do like using lines to divide data. I know aesthetically it looks bad sometimes, no, but I support it that. I support yeah. that. I'm a big fan of the all around double the, the heavy line all around. Like if I if I'm putting three say tables on one sheet. I'm gonna double, I'm gonna double bold. And I almost always use internal grid lines because that's visually, I think it's helpful in reading. Yeah, that's how I am, yeah. Great. So I'm just a curious person. So I'd love for you both to share what media you are consuming at the moment, whether it's podcasts, TV shows, movies, books, albums, related to spreadsheets or not. <laughs> I am watching Lovecraft Country, so that is my most recent TV. We just got off a pretty bad, uh, <laughs> what would you even call that genre? Selling Sunset and that. I mean, <laughs> it's, reality, just, it's reality TV at the base, but it's yeah. its own special. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Instant Hotel? No, no, we will start that tonight. Okay. Please, please. I'll give you the 30-second pitch. Australia, Airbnbs, five couples who have their own Airbnbs travel around the country staying at other people's Airbnbs and rating them. So it has that big brother thing where they're like alliances and they have to sleep in the same house and rate each other. But you also get to see really cool parts of Australia and Airbnbs. Wow. It's horrible, yeah. but, but I recommend it. <laughs> yeah, because we'll watch these shows and we'll just be, I mean, I'm on my phone and sheets and looking <laughs> up at the, at the million dollar homes, but it's something you can just ignore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like on Zillow 
and we're watching Selling Sunset. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> look at this house. It's better than that one that's on the TV right now. So yeah, it's kind of been a low, low place for us uh, right now. So maybe that's just the being busy. Once I get to the end of the day, I just need to have something that doesn't really require thought. Um, I also recommend uh, Love It or List It in that genre. You know oh yeah, one? we do like that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and we're just not in the car much because we're working from home. So like, I've not been listening to many podcasts. Um, I'm binging Racist Sandwich, um, that podcast series because it's something I recently discovered. Tell um, me more about that. Well, it's like my wheelhouse. So it it looks at food and it looks at racism and other forms of oppression in using food as the lens. Um, so the hosts are from Portland, Oregon. So a lot of the themes there are how many great restaurants are coming in the Portland area, but also just how much systemic racism goes unchecked in Portland, um, despite it being uh, a progressive quote unquote city. In a formerly all white state. Yeah, that like didn't allow black people in it for you know, a century. Awesome. Anything either of you want to plug or shout out projects you're working on or projects in the community that you think deserve a little love? We just took over uh, a organization that does anti-oppression trainings across the country uh, called Cultural Bridges to Justice. And today is September 3rd. Um, In mid-September, we're going to be running the first of our two Understanding My Whiteness sessions. Um, and that'll be the first time we have done something on our own with this organization that is that is ours now. So, so that's kind of a big thing. Thanks for the work you do. I know I benefit from it and appreciate it. Thank you. And lastly, you each get to ask me a question. It can be related to spreadsheets or not. So fire away. So you mentioned the moment you remember you learned format painter. So I would be interested in that. And also, like, was there a moment where you were like, wow, spreadsheets can really do something? You know, so like, where was that realization? I'd have to think about that one because I feel like there's so much a part of me. I don't remember a time before spreadsheets, but I will, I will think about that one. So Format Painter, I learned in Los Angeles. I was working for Planned Parenthood of Los Angeles, and I was standing over the shoulder of a colleague in our marketing office, and I was watching her do something. I, she wasn't teaching me anything. I was watching her do something while we were having sort of an unrelated conversation, and I watched it happen, and I was like, wait, what did you just do? And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, in that spreadsheet, what did you do? And she's like, you, you've never, and I was like, no, tell me more. So I, yes, I credit her with my, like, literally, we were having a completely other conversation. She was just mindlessly formatting a spreadsheet and my mind was blown. So that was amazing. And as far as when I realized spreadsheets could do something, so As a child, I went to a private school, which meant I was never in class because private school kids, we, the parents pay a lot of money, but they have a lot of days off, and both of my parents worked. So I spent an inordinate amount of time at my father's office. So I was obsessed with office equipment and office supplies from a very young age, and from about the time I was seven until last week, 
I've asked for a Xerox machine every year for my birthday and Hanukkah. Like, I just think they're the coolest things ever. So I know that I was really into office supplies from a young age. And I remember a project that I used to have to do for my dad, which was sorting envelopes into zip code order so that they could be bulk mailed. But this was before personal computers. This was typewriter labels and typewriter envelopes. So manually, we would take huge things and, you know, all the one fives go here and all the one six go here. And then you sat in this pile and organized the one five ones and the one five twos. Um, I think I was dreaming of spreadsheets back then, but I didn't know they existed. <laughs> So when I was finally introduced to them, I got really excited. Although I will say that uh, also from a young age, I was a word perfect girl, a program that no longer exists. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So from a, from a poetry standpoint, because I was writing poetry in my teens, word perfect was much more user friendly than word at the time. Um, so I'm not sure when Excel came into my life, but I know I go back pretty far there. Although I'm sure my mom's going to listen to this and say, let me tell you about the mimeograph machine. So I know there, I know there were office products before my birth, but um, yeah, spreadsheets have just, I think in spreadsheets. So somehow they've always been a part of my head. I like, don't want to tell you this piece of information I'm about to tell you. Please do. You anyway, uh, LNP, our local newspaper moved buildings recently and they were giving away their Xerox machines for free. I'm sorry. I just, the, the truth is important. I think they gave them the Christmas addicts, so Which, maybe... Deserving. Nope, deserving. That's fine. I mean, I work in an office a couple days a week, so I have access to a Xerox machine, but like to have one in my house. And I have passed this along to my daughter. She also would like to know why we don't have a Xerox machine in our house and why the printer we do have, which is about 25 years old, doesn't scan. <laughs> Those were great questions. Thanks, Adam. Emily, any questions? So I'm curious, what was one of your biggest projects that you've accomplished in Excel? And or kind of what was your biggest moment? I mean, obviously learning Format Painter is a pretty big moment, but anything else that really impacted you in some way? I'm going to go with an embarrassing story because these are what's so important and, and speak so much to the idea that you don't know what you don't know in life and in spreadsheets. And I try to really live my life that way. I mean, I'm very attached to my thoughts. I am not someone who grew up in the growth mindset era. And so as, as I'm teaching my kids growth mindset, I'm coming into contact with my own rigid mindset. So I'm very married to my thoughts, but I constantly remind myself that I could get a new piece of information tomorrow and it could change everything for me. So I will tell you the embarrassing story of hand deduping very large spreadsheets four times a year. I don't oh. know what that means. <laughs> you have to teach me that. So I probably, probably do it. I worked for a private school in the admissions office. We did a lot of mailings and we would have situations. We did have a CRM, but here's the thing with a CRM. If Joe Smith calls to get information on the school, that might be your fifth Joe Smith. Fine. They're going to have different mailing addresses probably, 
but the CRM can't distinguish between Joseph Smith and Joe Smith. So you might have five Joe Smiths with five different mailing addresses. And then someone, one of those Joe Smiths may call back a year later and give you the name Joseph Smith. And that mailing address is gonna match one of those Joe Smith. When I was preparing our mailing lists for the bulk mailers four times a year, I did not know that you could say, give me, you know, all the 555 West James addresses. Some of that does have to be done by hand because you can have 555 West James and you can have 555 W period James and the database doesn't know that those are the same addresses. And if they don't know that Joseph Smith and Joe Smith are the same person. So it wasn't all for naught, but I think I spent like three work days hand deduping as opposed to telling the spreadsheet to dedupe. And then, and you know, talk about limitations with spreadsheets. Is it worse to miss one of those five Joe Smiths? Or is it worse to send two postcards to the same Joe Joseph Smith? And that's, a, that's, a, that's an art form, that's not a science. That's not data-based, data ha ha ha, I just made a pun, database. It's, it's a question of where, where's your concern? So I will say that um, the moment that I learned that you could tell the spreadsheet to deduplicate itself was a big one. And yet there's still some value in some of the hand scrubbing that I would do but it took forever. And so then that becomes a question of where is my work time best spent? And I'd say biggest project, I mean, we already talked about weddings, right? So weddings and spreadsheets, huge. Uh, on a daily basis, I am a freelance writer. So I keep track of all of the pitches that I have out, all of the essays I've written, what stage they're in. So that's one that I love and I use frequently. I do color code that one. Um, and I think I may have said this on the podcast before, it's so if I open up the spreadsheet on my lunch hour and I only have 35 minutes to do whatever I need to do that day, I can see very clearly in red type and yellow bold, if you only can do one thing today, pitch this essay or follow up with this editor. And then my other one, which anyone who's ever worked with me is, I have made my own Excel spreadsheet of list of things to do. And it is, I live by it. So the date that it's added, the project. So like, is it general office stuff? Is it for one of my programs? Uh, the sort of notes, the guts of it. When is it due? Who am I waiting on? So it may be due September 1st, but if I'm still waiting on my boss's approval, I can't do anything about that except maybe nudge her and then the date that it's completed. And I can sort it all different ways. So I can sort for who am I waiting for things on. And then if I'm waiting for three things from my boss, that might be all one email. Like, hey, just letting you know, blah, blah, blah. If I'm waiting for six things from six different people, I'm gonna move on and do something that I can handle because those six people are not getting back to me. So um, every once in a while at the place where I used to work, uh, Excel was getting glitchy. And I was like shaky because I couldn't do my job without it. And they would be like, oh, you know, we're rebooting this and it'll be up in the next two hours. And I was like, well, I might as well go home because I can't do anything for the next two hours because I don't know what I need to do next because I can't access my Excel list of things to do. 
so yeah, in the pandemic, I've had to transfer that to a Google Sheet because I am mostly working at home, but also have to be able to access it at work. And it's a problem. Also a great question. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate you both being here. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Yeah, definitely. Yes, thanks for having us. Thanks so much for listening today. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review everywhere you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter at column underscore pod. Special thanks to Nora Grace and Josiah for our theme song, Sam Schindler for editing and production, Nick Peterson for additional music, and you for listening. Have a great day. Bye.